Welcome to the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. This is your number one crypto podcast to hear directly from the movers and shakers, innovators and disruptors in the cryptocurrency industry. Follow on Twitter for updates and to communicate directly at Wolf Big Dog. That's at Wolf Big D-A-W-G. Now, now, here is your host, the one and only Big Dog Crypto. And welcome to the latest episode of the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. I am your host, Big Dog Crypto. Uh, this is an account that I have followed for quite a while. A lot of people follow him, and they do for good reason. Because of all the stuff on crypto Twitter, it kind of transcends that. And I mean this from a financial perspective. He's going to bring some things that I've never had on the program before. Alex Kruger, how are you doing, brother? Good. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, glad to be here. And uh, yeah. yeah, let's let's roll. Well, look, man, I, I meant what I said on that, and I appreciate that. I've always enjoyed your account. Uh, I followed it for a while. Um, one of the things that you do that you bring in that a lot of people don't bring in, and I kind of want to go right into it, um, you know, look at the crypto markets, right, and how things are. Uh, one of the things you see in the crypto space is more and more crypto people now are starting to realize that there is um, intertwined, so to say, or there's definitely something that's in common, right, with traditional markets. Um, you talk about macro trends a lot. You talk about uh, uh, things affecting with the market. I want to ask you, when you look at, at traditional equities and you look at how things are now, how would you put crypto and traditional equities together? And as far as like the, the, the correlation now? The thing is, it, it changes um, a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, it goes through phases. And, and uh, to be... Um, to be clear, actually, it's something that people does, does, have been forgetting is that equities and crypto for most of the time, actually until 2020, they were mostly perfectly uncorrelated. You had very brief periods that would indicate to the untrained eye that these things are moving together when it just happened to be actually mostly coincidence, not fully, but mostly. And um, if you look at correlations, um, of uh, basically Bitcoin or ETH or you, you pick it, uh, you, you name it, and uh, any uh, uh, equity index, anyone, the uh, correlation trended through uh, uh, almost a decade uh, around zero, right. you know, up and down, yeah. you know, maybe up to uh, 0 0.4 and then minus, down to minus 0 0.4, maybe briefly 0.5, but it was very consistent around zero. And that change in 2020, basically, uh, COVID brought in a new, uh, let's call it Corona, not COVID. Uh, okay. Corona brought in a new uh, wave of um, of market participants. Mm -hmm. uh, very different. It brought a lot of macro people that basically looked into Bitcoin and bought into the view, this uh, macro view that basically Bitcoin is digital gold, which uh, for most of the part, I think, is actually an accurate view. Uh, that being said, it's, it's still very early. Um, it doesn't trade like like gold. So therefore, it is a narrative. It's something that we want and hope it will come to be in the mid to long term. And the short term, we can trade it on short bursts. So that, that new uh, crowd came into the market looking at this and basically thinking, okay, this is going to the, the uh, coronavirus and uh, the, uh, the response from central banks and governments sure. is going to drive inflation. And uh, therefore, in that environment, gold is going to skyrocket, like in the uh, uh, late 70s, uh, early 80s. And uh, Bitcoin should do the same, but Bitcoin should be basically the fastest horse. This, uh, this right. is actually uh, a narrative very well put uh, by Paul Tudor Jones uh, in uh, April 2020. And basically, it unleashed uh, 
this uh, new world of where basically uh, Bitcoin and equities behaved much alike, basically with Bitcoin following in, in close to real time, most of the time, equities. And uh, that was that basically dominated the markets for most of the time until basically FTX. Uh, that that correlation started to die out in uh, June after the uh, the June crash, uh, which was basically triggered by CPI. So like all the markets crashed together, but basically then right after, or or at the same time that that crashed in equity markets mm-hmm. and in 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 other markets, not just equities, bonds, etc. Uh, it was a, a major temporary crash. In crypto, just basically unleashed a wave of liquidations, as we know, three arrows capital, and then et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It just basically snowballed. Right. Since then, correlations diminished sharply, and uh, with uh, FTX, they literally died. Um, and the thing is, if you're looking at, um, I mean, you still, you're going to see the FOMC comes in, CPI comes in, if there's a very strong number and uh, there is a very strong move in equities, crypto moves. At the exact same time. Now the thing is that is that doesn't account for most of the variability in price any longer. That's the key. Now the the, the, the major the, the the major driver uh, behind crypto price moves is crypto intrinsic variables. It's like it's it's our own thing. It's it's basically DCG fears, grayscale fears. Uh, Genesis fears, Binance fears, uh, you name it. All our <laughs> massive amounts of PTSD-driven fears, which right, are right. many of them very valid, but uh, still, it's mostly crypto, and those fears drive uh, flows both ways. Uh, we we pushed uh, too far down because of that, so basically, um, correlations broke. Uh, you can still see them, but it's 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 not really what's driving, been driving crypto since FTX. Yeah, it's it's interesting though because you come from a a traditional background, right? In traditional markets and whatnot. I'd like to get more to that in a second, but I think you know, in the crypto space, and I'm sure you've seen this. Um, they're very excited. We're very excited, right? Are always interested with people with traditional financial backgrounds. Well, at least give crypto a shot, right? Give Bitcoin a shot, whatnot. And you know, looking at your account, looking at your analysis and stuff, um, you know, you tend to be fair. You tend to be realistic, uh, but you tend to have a bit of. I feel like you do like crypto, um, and I'm I'm, I'm going to ask you. Um, you know, from from traditional markets, did you kind of start to like crypto, or what was it that kind of made you say, okay, look, I want to I want to kind of chart this, right? Or I want to go look at this in, in the ways that I would with the other stuff, because I mean. Am I reading that correctly? You definitely seem like you're a positive a bit on the space. Uh, the answer is Ethereum. Uh, okay. uh, back in the day, uh, basically, okay. lo- looking at uh, Ethereum and, and just imagining a world of possibilities. Right. Um, uh, before then, uh, crypto was uh, mostly Bitcoin. It was just an asset that uh, uh, I hold and uh, you know don't do much about it. Right. Um, then, basically, um, uh, e- Ethereum... Uh, yeah, it, it triggered uh, my imagination into basically seeing a world of possibilities. So basically, yeah, there is a lot of scams. Right. Most of crypto sure. actually is a scam. Most right. most endeavors and most yeah. coins are scams. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that basically what's behind it underneath, actually, there is, it's a tool that can uh, be used for uh, generating uh, massive amounts of value, generating uh, increasing liquidity across uh, across borders, across asset classes, within asset classes, mm-hmm. you name it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, so with that being said, one of the things that you heard for the longest time was Bitcoin is a hedge against inflation. 
um, going back to the past couple of years, and I want to ask you this because that was a big narrative that was set. Um, you know, <laughs> we've seen what's happened in the past. We see what, what could be happening in the future. When somebody says to you, Bitcoin is a hedge against inflation, what would you say to them? I would um, either not say anything and look away <laughs> or... Um, Basically, if you like, if I feel like basically talking and debating, start start demonstrating how it's it's absolute nonsense. Uh, but it gets that demonstration gets um, yeah. how to put it. It dies rather quick because people right. that have that view tend to be very um, extremely uh, unflexible in their views right. about the world. Um, right. It's like they believe it, and uh, it's it's pretty hard to change your mind and our minds in general. I include myself. Sure. Once we believe into something very deeply. It's unfortunately very hard for the human psyche to to go and and, and shift and say, sure. okay, actually, we may not be that that right, and we need to be looking at this thing maybe from a different angle. Um, the um, the the people that believe in Bitcoin as an inflation hedge and and have the, um, sucked off that tit for too long, they're too deep that rabbit hole, yeah, down too deep. So it's kind of hard to to argue yeah. about it. <laughs> It's you look at the price and basically very yeah. simple. It's it's not true. I mean, people said that and you watch the yeah. yeah, but it doesn't have to be true. Yeah, that's yeah. the issue. It's like yeah. it doesn't have to be true. It's something that you know. It's a, it's an emerging asset class and it's an emerging asset. Not as much anymore. Sure. Bitcoin, but still, still an emerging. You can tell by the volatility and the liquidity mm-hmm. and and the lack of regulation and the fragmented liquidity and and everything that happens around it. Even though it's not as emerging any longer as it, as it was mm-hmm. until basically 2020, it's still quite an emerging mm-hmm. asset class. It means it hasn't yet developed its its personality and in markets, it's not fully developed. That's one thing. The other thing is that also changes. Personalities change. Let's call person define personality here as how an asset is behaving in response to external shocks, inf- new information. Uh, sometimes uh, bonds and equities uh, they be, they trade together most of the time in the last uh, uh, fifteen years, but in the nineties they traded exactly the other way around, and uh, and so on. We go through cycles. Some are very short. Some some mid mid duration. Some are very long cycles, where assets trade one way or another in relation to external shocks, and therefore in relation to other assets that also respond to external shocks because everything is interconnected, right? So I hope personally that eventually Bitcoin will become an inflation hedge. Right. And I think there is a, I would say there's a high probability actually that that happens. You know, hopefully the sooner the better, we'll see. And you said it right. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an emerging asset class. You look at all the asset classes, right? And we're in, you know, what, 12, 13 years, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's, we're, we're in the beginning. Um, I do want to ask though, your history, um, most of your stuff, so that when you look back at what you've done, I mean, how would you describe, you know, everything that you've done as far as, as your specialty, so to say? Um, yeah. Risk-taking. Well, it's like- mainly about risk-taking and managing yeah, emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's all, it's it, I, maybe I'm, I'm, I like to say all interconnected a little bit too much, but it's all interconnected <laughs> at the end. Uh, anything that is managing risk and trading uh, is just um, an expression of who we are, right? It's... Right. Uh, a good risk taker, a good trader, a good risk manager is is someone who is emotionally uh, tends to be emotionally stable. Right. Wow. Um, How did you so, with, with 
with financial markets, though, how did you originally get into like, what was it that piqued your interest? Let's say back in the day when you got into financial markets, what was it that you liked about it? I've, I've always wanted to be a banker, actually. That's the answer. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Since I was a okay. kid, I wanted to be a banker. Okay. Um, not just because my family okay. are not bankers. I wanted okay. to be a banker. I okay. wanted to understand. Uh, yeah, I was I was talking about this in my, in my teens. I want to understand money, okay. how money goes around, how money moves around, what makes it makes the world tick. Sure. That's money. I want to understand money. Right. Um, that leads to you know that led to uh, a choice mm -hmm. of uh, um, academic uh, education. Mm -hmm. Okay. education and then the, the choice of career choices and it snowballs into something you know <laughs> it snowballs into something not necessarily what we planned sure. and that's what, yeah you know? well how does that when you when you look at financial markets you look at where we are in 2023 I mean, we look at the u.s dollar right the strength that it's had and that it has um when you look at stuff let's just say five years down the road uh do you want to say let's say the dollar versus any of the other currencies that kind of come up? Or how do you see, let's just say, they take the dollar as an example. Where do you see the dollar, let's say, in five years to where we are now? Do you think we're in the same position? Or do well, you think it's no, changing? No, a, a little lower. Yeah, the answer is a little lower. I, I still think that the, the dollar has a little lower to go this year. Mm -hmm. And then uh, eventually, uh, let's say, uh, two years out, is going. it would make sense. I mean, I don't really know. But it would make sense for the dollar to basically settle down into a range as it usually trades the dollar. But by the way, when we talk about the dollar, usually we're talking about the euro or the euro dollar because basically two thirds of the DXY index is the euro. And yeah. the, the remainder is the it's uh, the yen, the pound, and uh, and a couple more, but it's, um, it's mostly the euro. So yeah. we're really actually talking about the interest rate differentials uh, between uh, two very large developed economies. And these tend to basically trade very alike one another and behave very like one another. Um, they have very, very significant differences, but most of the time they move in sync, which is uh, why basically the dollar is, is usually stable in a range. And then when we have big shocks, it, it goes one way or another, uh, but it, it's, it comes in bursts. So uh, I think the big shock already happened. That was basically... Uh, started in uh, in uh, um, I either November twenty third, twenty eighth, or December third of twenty twenty one. That was mm -hmm. the hint. Then we had the minutes. I think it was January fifth of twenty twenty two that basically unleashed the beast, the Fed beast. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, many of us still were um, in denial, but about what was about to happen. Um, right. uh, myself included, because I didn't think the Fed would go beyond uh, basically. Uh, um, I didn't think the Fed would be going, would be going into three percent at all last year, but basically inflation just kept on surprising the forecasts, and the Fed snowballed into us, and and they they pummeled the market, right? Um, but that that really actually, if you look at if you if you look back, it it really happened really fast. The market was it it mostly moved between say uh, March thirtieth of last year to June thirteenth. That's the move. Everything else is noise around it. A little bit lower, a little bit higher. Sure. Uh, then we have the the, uh, the aftermath, after effect in the UK with the, with the lifers there uh, needing um, a government uh, sort of bailout that put another mm -hmm. big bottom. But it's it's mostly behind us. So what's the next information shock we're going to have to send the dollar one way or another? I don't know, but I it's 
it's hard to see uh, at this point uh, something massive that is going to basically uh, send the trending very hard one way or another. So therefore, in the absence of information, I'm going to just go and have the very unbold forecast of saying that it's gonna, just going to settle down. And I think short term has a little bit more to go this year. So it's uh, it's interest rates going down uh, more than the forecasts than what's mm-hmm. priced in. I think inflation is going to um, drop dramatically this year, driven by uh, by rents in the U.S. And then afterwards, uh, long term, I've, I've been writing a lot lately, or mostly like small posts because I don't have time for writing any longer, unfortunately, uh, these days. But it it basically everything to me indicates that this uh, strong view that emerged last year that basically deglobalization. Mm. is going to drive a state of deglobalization and a state of uh, perennial uh, war is imminent state. That that view is, although it's true, those are minor uh, minor variables. They're secondary. And what dominates is technology first and the aging population second. So inflation, I think, is going to collapse. And uh, that means uh, interest rates come down back again. Um, the dollar um, settles and the equities resume uh, their 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 trend higher. Not as much as not not as strong as as before, but uh, yeah, I'm optimistic. Well, you, I'm glad you talked about interest rates because I wanted to uh, go with one of your tweets that you did today, which I love, where you did the uh, Fed's uh, to pause. Um, what is it? Do you need uh, six months of data, not just three? You said uh, six months of data. That's the first time a Fed official specifies uh, what evidence. Uh, Inflation's coming down over the next few months means. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that a like bit. I mean, I love that. They they have they they give you all of these uh, uh, hints about what they're yeah. thinking and how they, these these uh, uh, external uh, events are going to affect their uh, their decision making. Right. But they rarely specify exactly whether what these things are. So this is really important. It's like okay, well, what are these guys thinking about? How long do we need to see inflation come down? Um, last year, we were actually thinking nobody knew what they were saying. Uh, that, by the way, speaks very poorly of uh, of uh, financial journalists because there, there's so many things you could be asking these guys at the FOMC or Powell precisely at the FOMC in that presser, and they don't. You're not. No. No. So um, yeah, I think it's I think it's good. I think they're going to overshoot. Um, Interesting. Interesting. And I think most most people think it's kind of funny. It's like most people think. Most people with with uh, um, how to put it with uh, something at stake in the market think the Fed mm-hmm. is going to overshoot, but the majority still is bearish. Like consensus is that things are going to get bad. Right, that's like the big consensus by everybody. Yeah, you think about it. it right? shifted everybody... a little bit early this year, but it's still that's yeah. the consensus. But it's interesting when everybody has that consensus. And, and I want to you know, bring up, I have a lot of new people listen to the podcast, and I always try and give them just suggestions or advice to kind of make it through the markets. And a lot of people that, that came into crypto specifically in f- quarter four of 2021, um, I want to ask you, we're in January now. Obviously, we saw what we lived through in 2022. What macro events specifically in crypto, or perhaps even in the world, would you say concern or be on the lookout for? And we know some of you can't predict. I get that. But Look, you know what I know. It's probably one or two things on the top of your mind that if these macro events happen, you're concerned about. Uh, the big things are um, the big uh, crypto players. So basically Binance, Tether, mm-hmm. Circle. Yeah. Um, 
Gemini, right. um, but we already know that they're they're going down. Um, right. And then uh, grayscale. Um, yeah. I think those are all very. Uh, um, this I think is very unlikely. We're going to have bad news on that front for for any of them. Uh, the one thing that is more likely than the others is, but I still don't think it's going to happen. But I think if it happens, um, I'll be selling, and I think everybody should be doing the same. Uh, taking cover, it's it's very important to react fast when when bad things happen, like a um, like a reflex uh, has to be instinctive fast. Right. If you worry about it twenty four hours later, then you're possibly too late. Um, like if for those who do, who, who have it, who, who basically need time to react, quite likely it's best to not react at all and, and just long-term and, and just, uh, be long. Uh, but the main one is basically grayscale, um, grayscale unwinding the trust, okay. uh, which would lead to basically quite likely very significant Bitcoin, uh, selling pressure on the spot markets. Do you think that's going to happen? No, I don't. Okay. I don't because grayscale is a very valuable asset. It's right. best. Right. It's best um, as a trust. Okay. It's valuable. It's an it's a it's a valuable asset. It's a cash cow. Uh, yeah. Why would you unwind it? Right. So yeah. Okay. And um, right now with Bitcoin going up, as you've seen, it's been on a bit of a tear uh, over the past uh, couple of weeks, three weeks or more. Um, for people that say, "Hey, this is," and look, I I don't know. I'm just I'm asking your say speculation, but your opinion, your analysis, um, is this a sucker's rally? Is this disbelief? Is it actually a start of perhaps a new leg up? What are your thoughts from what you're seeing, at least as of now, right? Third week of January um, with Bitcoin this year. Uh, to be honest, 23K was my um, my 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 big level mm-hmm. for this rally to, to, to come up. It went up a little further as usual, yeah. uh, 23 and a half, 23, four, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, from here, the, the way I see it is like kind of like it's short term is 50 50. Um, I don't have an edge, it's 50 50 and uh, big correction right now. Uh, anyhow, um, if we move beyond the, the immediate term and we look into a Q1, I think uh, it's very realistic to see Bitcoin to trade up to 30k uh, this quarter and uh, maybe. Like the, 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 what I'm thinking for for uh, the half of the year is just a guess. It's 30, 35k, uh, yeah. just based on the markets and, and and knowing how markets markets usually they trade after after a big uh, uh, crash. They they tend to reverse to the original or the the point of origination and run it through a little bit because uh, people who are short or hedged they have a tendency to put their stops right there. It's like that's where I need to stop out or flip. Um, that's why I think, um, yeah, I think 30, 35 K for this year, uh, makes sense. Uh, exactly when I don't know. Yeah. Um, Those numbers, that that, that makes sense. I could see that. And, uh, would that be a bull market? Um, you could call it a bull market. Uh, you could still call it a bull market. You could call it nothing. Uh, it's just a market. Um, there's, um, there's too much emphasis in this thing of uh, this is a bear market. I think uh, it's excessive. Uh, if you think about it, the um, and as I was saying before, is if, if you look at basically asset like at most asset most asset classes, everything actually bottomed in the week of June 13th. That was the bottom for almost everything. Uh, exception on the crypto side, we have basically uh, Sol. And uh, we had uh, uh, BTC. Everything else actually 
bottomed in June. And um, on traditional markets, uh, bonds bottomed later, uh, bottomed in uh, in October, um, late late September, actually, and like right in September. Um, Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's important. It's like actually, it's are we really in a bear market any longer? I I'm not so sure, but maybe we are. I don't know. We'll see. It's it's kind of like well, now, yeah. it becomes. Yeah. You we only know, in hindsight, right? And in the meantime, I don't really know. I'm bullish. I think we're gonna go further up. Uh, it, it doesn't matter if it changes the the, the perception of this a bull market, bear market, uh, suckers rally. Um, I do think that at the same time as anybody who chases is going to get hurt. Um, like it's a very, it's a, a, this is a common tendency among traders uh, that are, uh, they don't have much time in the market uh, or just not, not just traders. I mean, people that take risk, human beings, right. not traders. It's uh, they, they buy a little, they buy a little and they're early and they're right and they make money. And then basically prices go up too much. And you trigger something in the brain and uh, they get pissed and they have all this cash and they go and they buy and they buy four times more, uh, way higher. They push their average way higher and then suddenly, well, you're close to the top and within three months, you're underwater. Um, it's, uh, yeah. Well, and that, you know, it's interesting, like you said, as, you know, as of a few years ago where where they became correlated talking about crypto and, and equities. I mean, a lot of the same things you see, right, in equities where people FOMO in. Uh, you're seeing the same thing. You're obviously crypto is the same thing where people get nervous and, and, and freak out when stuff starts dropping. So, I mean, it's human nature is human nature, right? No matter what the asset class is. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So, so do you do you want to make a prediction now when we look at market cap of gold, market cap of bit uh, of uh, just well, I say I say crypto, but you know Bitcoin specifically. Uh, any idea when? And what I'm getting at, do you think a couple of years, five years, ten years? When could you see Bitcoin as a market cap passing gold up? Or, or do you think it'll happen? I think it. I don't know. I think. Yeah, I think it. I would. I would put my money on it happening. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have no idea when. Yeah, I'm not putting my money there. Right. Um, basically, I think Bitcoin is an asset that you, uh, if you are a, 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 an investor or a, a speculator with a time time frame, or mm-hmm. that is uh, longer than uh, six months, okay. I think the best way uh, to to speculate is uh, on ETH. Um, because, sorry, but uh, gold, uh, gold is a, is a horrible asset. <laughs> gold is maybe, maybe the only asset in in history that adjusted by inflation is flat in over a thousand years. It's the stable over a thousand point. years it's flat. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's, the good thing about Bitcoin catching up with gold is that it's yeah. the catch up. So yeah. until we catch up, there's a lot of outperformance there to be had. But once it happens, it's like just thank you, but no thank you, you know. What do do you think Ethereum could ever flip Bitcoin's market cap? I think it will. Not yeah. not me. I think it will. I have no idea when. I okay. I don't talk about the flipping. It's uh, right. that you uh, quite likely if you uh, uh, search my whole Twitter thing, my 30, 40, 50,000 tweets, whatever, right. I don't know what, how many are there, right. you won't find me saying the flipping once or talking about it. Okay. Uh, it also pisses off a lot of people for no reason. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, extremely, it's extremely likely. Um, 
It's just uh, it generates it, all, all, the on-chain metrics tell you that uh, transaction fees uh, that the Bitcoin produces and uh, um, they don't go up. They're they've been flat for uh, what is it five years, six years? Uh, like I, I, I don't have the chart in front of me and I don't look at it very often. But all I know is that every time I look at it, it's flat. Uh, and Ethereum is the opposite. Um, and it's you not know, that I mean max or anything. It yeah. just like, no, but I, I'm generally interested in that kind of stuff. And I always tell people if, if I ask like just an opinion, right, or a question, and somebody says, "Can you guarantee it?" I say, "Well, when my crystal ball comes in from Amazon, I can guarantee it." Until then, I'm just giving you my thoughts or opinions. So, one final thing on crypto: uh, the happening coming up, I believe, what in March of 2024? Uh, uh, no, 2024. 25, no, I'm, no, March of 2024. Yeah, 2024. Let me get that straight. Um, I say March, April. Um, do you want to guess? I mean, sometimes we look at the uh, all-time high hitting you know after that you want to speculate uh an ath on bitcoin let's say within 16 months 18 months after uh happening or, or do you or do you like giving price i mean and once again to me this is just a speculation it's a guess right we don't know for sure but do you like giving those or do you want to give one i i don't use them for trading i i give them because mm -hmm. people ask yeah, just, otherwise just like yeah. you know i'd like for this year is 35k that's that's my yeah. high for this year Okay. Uh, for next year, it would be somewhere between uh, between thirty five k and and say forty two, forty four. Okay. Um, just you know, forty two was a very big level in twenty twenty one, and it, it just uh, it's it's again it's how markets trade. It's like if you get to thirty eight, odds are you're gonna break forty, and right. uh, you're gonna get stopped out every single not so good trader who uh, basically uh, likes to shorten leverage. They, those people are there to get stopped out, basically. So, um, yeah, something like that would make sense. 35, 30, 35 this year, and uh, 35 to 42 uh, to 44 next year, say 42. Okay, sounds solid, sounds solid. And, uh, and it really, one, one thing I, wa I wanna say there is like, it really yeah. depends on, on basically on how fast inflation comes down. And uh, if the Fed, it's, it's like the market, the Fed is saying, we will not, diminish interest rates in they being so consistent for so many months in saying we're gonna hike to the top and we're gonna hold and hold and hold which means that that's what everybody is looking at and there is a big possibility actually that doesn't happen and basically in december we get our first 25 basis points uh um uh, cut well if that happens we we're gonna fly if that doesn't happen you know, 35k makes sense. It's like I have no idea, but I'm I'm, I'm looking at that, and that's one of the reasons why I, I and I think everybody should should follow the news um, very closely, the macro news. Right. And the, the importance is like we never really know what's going to happen in the future. That's why when we have relevant news, it's important mm -hmm. to ask fast. Right. Then afterwards, we worry if we're right or not. We'll we'll see. We'll you know we'll, we'll figure it out later. So you'll be because the, the the next uh, FOMC meeting is going to be on February first, I believe, right? So I mean, it's uh, if they say, look, we're yeah, not going to uh, be raised. Two Wednesdays. What is it? Yeah. Uh, I believe it's what next. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, let's first. just. So if if they come and say, hey, we're not going to be raising them at all, would you expect in Bitcoin to to get a big boost out of that? I I'm not. Uh, I don't have a view this of this FOMC. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I I don't. Um. I, and uh, at the same time, uh, Bitcoin hasn't been responding much right. uh, to macro. Okay. Uh, like, uh, you know, like a few days ago, uh, there was a big speech by Powell, the Bitcoin 
didn't move. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, um, so, um, no, I, I, I'm not, um, uh, it may be different at these levels because now, now basically we, we had a big run. There's a lot of uh, air behind. So, uh, that may change, uh, but uh, unfortunately, like TLDR is, I do not have a view for the upcoming FOMC. I uh, often have uh, uh, views and I trade those views. This time I don't. So uh, I'm just going long and uh, um, unless something very big happens, I may not even trade it. In fact, I'm going to be uh, traveling for uh, a wedding um, uh, in uh, Latin America. So uh, uh, hopefully nothing big happens because I'd rather not not be stuck in well, a trading station. Then that that makes sense, and you help me say yep. to the next question. Always my last couple of questions. I always like to ask if a plane's picking you up today or tomorrow, and you're going somewhere. What are a couple of countries that you want to go to that you haven't been to? That I haven't been to I had yeah. Australia. I would say. Okay. okay. I have been to Australia, New Zealand. Uh, I haven't been there. Mm-hmm. I would love to go there. Okay. Uh, where else? Um, not that many places. I I traveled a lot, fortunately. Okay. Yeah, Australia. Yeah, that's cool. That's I, I always want. That's one yeah. of my favorite places. I've always wanted to go. Um, I definitely want to go. Uh, and then hobbies. When you're not doing crypto, when you're not doing uh, analysis, when you're not you know looking at everything, and and, and you're you're very active on Twitter, right? You're always there. Um, you do a lot of content. Um, but when you're not doing that, what sort of stuff do you like to do? I like to bodyboard. Yeah. And uh, I like to play uh, video games about the world domination. Okay, cool. Pretty much. Cool, cool. <laughs> nice, nice, yeah. nice. Okay. And I'll do, I'll, do, I'll do a final bonus question. And your favorite food? What, what's your like? What's one, two foods? You know, people know a little bit more about you. What sort of food do you like to eat? Steak with fried eggs. In Argentina, we call it bife a caballo. Nice, um, nice. Makes nice. no sense the a caballo, mm-hmm. but that's how we call it. Oh, nice, nice. I've always wanted to go to Argentina. That's like, that's on the list also. So it's good steak there. Yeah, it's not right. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, look, I appreciate you taking the time to come on. I know you're very busy. I've been trying to get you on for a while, and it's an honor to have you on. Alex, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, how do people find you? Best way to find you? Uh, just Twitter. Twitter, okay. exclusive on Twitter. I, uh, okay. That's it. I, I even added the blue check mark uh, recently. So. Okay. Uh, people don't uh, minimize the possibility of people getting right. scammed, uh, which happens a lot. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, simply Twitter. Uh, my DMs are open. Uh, happy yeah. to chat uh, generally with uh, or once we engage productively, um, uh, which is um, quite a few. I, I met uh, actually quite a, a, a surprisingly large number of uh, interesting people through uh, Twitter. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Cool. All right. Well, look, Alex, I appreciate taking the time and uh, thanks for coming on the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. Excellent. Thank you very much for having me. You've been listening to the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. Follow on Twitter at WoofBigDog. Woof, big D-A-W-G. And run faster than the competition. Woof, woof.